My name is Robert Elliott. I am the senior pastor teacher at Calvary Bible Church, and I am a sinner saved by God's grace. I appreciate the family's permission for me to minister today God's word and trust to be an encouragement to each of your hearts. Inglis is why we are all here, but Inglis is not here. You are here to look around, within, up for God's perspective, truth, meaning, and comfort. Every human being is made in God's image. God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. People are also three in one, Spirit, which allows us to relate to God, soul, or personality, which allows us to relate to each other, in body, which allows us to interact to our environment. When Inglis died, his spirit and soul were dismissed from his body, but they were not dismissed to stop existing. They were not dismissed to aimlessly float around somewhere. Inglis' spirit and soul were dismissed to go into God's very presence. For the born-again believer in Jesus Christ, absence from the body is immediate presence with the Lord. When Inglis passed, his soul and spirit were dismissed to go back to the one who first gave them. They were dismissed to wait for a sure and a marvelous reunion with Inglis's resurrected body one day. I like Ecclesiastes 12, verses 6 and 7. They say, Remember him, that is God, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel is broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. End of quote. So let me say it again. Inglis' pen is the reason we are all here, but Inglis is not here. You are here to look around, within, and up for God's perspective, truth, meaning, and comfort. I'd like to pray at this time. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this funeral service for Inglis. We pray, Lord, that you give us attention to your word and the ministry of your spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let us sing together. Good morning. My name is Anton Wallace. I'm the Minister of Music here at Calvary Bible Church, and I am pleased to have um, Miss Angela Wells uh, accompany us this morning on the piano. Our opening hymn is Blessed Assurance. Then, as we sing this hymn of hope and this hymn of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is 
Amen. He deserves the praise all the day long. You may be seated. You are a good sounding choir this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do ask for your help to know you and your ways better in this hour. Father, we're grateful that you have fully revealed yourself in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and in your dependable Bible. On a day like today, we believers unite to be comforted by the fact that we were not left as orphans when the risen Christ went back to heaven. Yes, we are blessed that you sent us the Holy Spirit. We know that the Spirit's primary job is to magnify the greatness of Christ. Help us all not to look at the visible merely, because it is temporary, but rather help us to look at the invisible, because it is eternal. Father, we are banking on the Holy Spirit today to elevate Jesus Christ to his rightful first place in everything. Lord, whether we are believers or doubters, please help us to be open and teachable people now. Help us to receive truth from you and from your word in the moments which are ahead. Almighty God, it is my prayer that we all may trust in you with all of our hearts, that we all may not lean on our own understandings, instead that we would all acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you, Lord God, will direct all of our paths. God, you have told us in your word, the Bible, that as we do trust in you, you will direct our paths to your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior for a world of lost rebels like us. Thanks, Lord, that you assure us in your Bible that to know Christ as our own Savior, shepherd, by faith, is to possess eternal life. May no one, no one leave this church building today without Jesus Christ being Lord and Savior. May no one leave this church building today going it on their own, living only for the here and now. Father, we pray these things fully knowing that you are more than able and completely trustworthy. You answer these prayers to glorify your own self. Give us the hope we find in Christ, and we pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Turwashan Robinson, a granddaughter, will come at this time to provide the Old Testament reading. The scripture reading is taken from Psalms 103, 11 through 17. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. Here ends the scripture reading. My respects to the folks sit up here, pastor. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. 
um, to the bereaved family. I guess that's me too, but my sister, Prescola. My deepest sympathy. Um, as a child growing up in Sandy Point, I knew English as my brother-in-law. I knew him as a fisherman. And I think I remember him as a great hunter. This was oh, the late 60s, early 70s. I um, left Sandy Point in the 70s to go away to school and get a high school education and uh, college. I came back home and started a career in engineering at Bacardi. Bacardi and Company Limited. Um, somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s, English then joined me in the seafood business. And um, I th not I think, outside of my father, English really assisted me. This is difficult. Um, English was always there. Um, I never had to worry about anyone looking after the boats or whatever. He. He really looked after those boats. He did his best. And, you know, for that reason, it, it, it really, it really, really, really hit a home to me. And, uh, and, you know, just the short time that he's been gone and having to get more involved in the boats now, I think, you know, they say, you don't miss the water until the well goes dry. I come from a big family, very big family. My father was there for me. Daddy died in August 12, 2001. And I think English became, in a way, my father with my business and so forth. And I, I owe, Whatever it is I've grown into it in business, I owe it to English Pen. And for those 14 years or so since my father's death, and he's, he was with me, I, uh, I really, 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 really thank Prescola for allowing English to, to be with me. He was, he was truly the best. 
you know. Um, when no one else would stick with me, English was always there. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. And whatever I can do, I will continue to do. So again, I just want to say, you know, I don't want to start repeating myself. I just want to say that he's a good guy. We will miss him. And uh, may his soul rest in peace. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Roberts. Clement Penn Jr., a cousin, is going to come and minister in song. At the request of the family, I'm going to sing this song. I pray we'll all be ready, and I pray that you will all be blessed by the selection. Oh, be 
mama is no longer there. Learn how to pray while you still have time. Oh, I pray. your prayer to take my prayer. Oh, for his return. I pray that you get your business straight so we can all meet at the gate. I pray for his return. I pray. Amen. Keep using that gift from the Lord for his glory, brother. And I trust we all will be ready that we'll consider where we stand in the eyes of heaven, which are the only eyes that really matter. And we're complete, accepted, forgiven only in Jesus Christ. Don't leave here today without him as Savior. I'm told that there's a cemetery in Indiana which has a tombstone with a rather clever epitaph. It says, pause, stranger, as you pass me by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. A passerby probably didn't do a very good thing. When he read the epitaph, he scratched a little further on it. He scratched, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> Knowing which way we're going to go is the most important information anyone can ever know in all of life. The Bible message that I want to share with you this morning is not for the dead, it's for the living. It's for you and it's for me. It's about our futures, and it's about our perspective on life in the here and now. You know, I love the Bible for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I love God's Word is it's full of real-life examples. And the examples in God's Word are not always about positive examples, but sometimes the examples in God's Word are about negative examples. Sometimes I see myself in my weaknesses and sin very much in the personalities God puts in his Bible. Maybe you can relate to that. What I want to share with you this morning is based on Jesus' teaching as found in Luke chapter 12, 
verses 13 to 21. I want to read the whole passage with you. Luke chapter 12, verse 13, all the way through verse 21. Listen to the word of God. And someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a certain rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods, land laid up for yourself for years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The man in Jesus' story was very successful. Verse 16, in fact, calls him rich. He worked hard and he was good at his business. He had quite a productive and quite a profitable farming enterprise. But as successful as he was in the concerns of this world, he was a foolish failure when it came to the next world. Jesus was blunt. Jesus was so often blunt. By the way, when someone says, what would Jesus do? One of the things that Jesus would do sometimes is be blunt. Jesus was blunt in this story. And he said to the man, but God said to him, you fool. Ouch. This man fell into a trap that I can fall into in a heartbeat. A trap that being materially rich, but being spiritually mistaken. Notice quickly with me how this man was spiritually mistaken. He was mistaken in three ways. Ready? Number one, he mistook himself for God. He mistook himself for God. I see that in verses 17 and 18. Listen. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? And he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns, and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. He mistook himself for God. The man had an eye problem, not an E-Y-E-I problem. He had an eye problem, capital I problem. Me, myself, and I. He had an eye problem. Do you know how eye problems show up? In pride. P-R-I-D-E. Do you know how eye problems show up? They show up in sin. S-I-N. Maybe you have an eye problem here this morning, like the man in Jesus' story. Pride. Sin. Again, Listen to his eye problem, mistaking himself for God. He had an eye problem, 17 and 18. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do 
since I have no place for my crops. And he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. He had an eye problem. He mistook himself for God. Don't do that. This man had a second problem. He not only mistook himself for God, he mistook his body for his soul. He mistook his body for his soul. I see that in verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid out for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He mistook his body for his soul. And one way to look at our bodies, the magnificent creation that our bodies are, the miracle that our bodies are, one way to look at our bodies is that they are earth suits. You know how an astronaut needs a space suit to walk in space? We all need an earth suit, a body, to walk on earth. In reality, it was the man's body which could eat and drink and make merry. It was not his soul who could do those things. One's soul is one's personality, one's mind, one's emotions, one's will. That is your soul. Another way to say what your soul is, your soul is your thinker, your feeler, and your chooser. That is your soul. Don't ever mistake your body for your soul. They are different. Your soul, along with your spirit, one day will live on forever after you physically die. When Inglis's body stopped, his soul and his spirit went on to heaven to be with Christ. That's where they are. Now, here's the thing. Souls and spirits go to only one of two possible places. There is no purgatory. There are two places, one or the other, that your soul and my soul, your spirit and my spirit will go after we die. One of two places, heaven, hell. Jesus taught about both places, heaven and hell. Only two choices. When your soul and your spirit are dismissed from your body in physical death, whenever that will be, they will either go to heaven because Jesus is your Savior, or they will go to hell because you've rejected Christ. It's that simple. No purgatory, no second chance. The Bible doesn't teach a purgatory. And where one's soul and spirit go after death entirely depends on what you do or don't do with Jesus Christ while you are alive. No second chances after death. First John 5 11 and 12 put it this way, and the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. The Bible is blunt. The Bible is narrow in its truth. Nowadays, some people say the Bible and Christianity is so narrow. I want a narrow airline pilot who flies me to Atlanta. I want a narrow brain surgeon to operate on my brain because truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. You can't say, but to me it's six. Truth is narrow. God says to us this morning, and the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life and his life, this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. Do you have the son of God? You know if you do or you don't. It's not possibly. It's a yes or a no. Do you have the Son of God as Savior? Inglis, from heaven, 
would look down and say, you better have Jesus as your Savior. This place is great. English did something with Jesus Christ when he heard the gospel that Jesus has died for sins and arisen from the dead. He heard that gospel all his life, I'm told. But near the end of his life, when the gospel was shared with him again by a brother here on the platform, by a daughter there in the congregation and others perhaps, when he heard the gospel shared with him again near the end of his life, English said, I've done it trusted Christ. I'd be a fool if I didn't trust Jesus as my Savior. He said, I'm fine. And he was because of Christ. Are you fine? I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking you if you go to church. Are you fine in Christ for eternity? I'm not asking you the faith of your mommy or your daddy, your wife, are you fine? Funerals are for the living, remembering the dead. Please, don't mistake your body for your soul. There's far, far more to you than your body and its five senses. Your body is just an earth suit you have to have to walk on earth. There's a third mistake which the man in Jesus' story made. He mistook time for eternity. He mistook time for eternity. Listen to how he did that in verses 19 to 21. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, maybe this morning, but God is saying something to you. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? My father's a funeral director for 50 years. I helped him with funerals. I've never seen a bumper hitch on a funeral hearse. Rockefeller, when he died in Manhattan, the billionaire Rockefeller, when he died, the buzz on the street was, how much did he leave behind? And the answer was everything. <laughs> he left everything behind. There's no bumper hitch on any funeral coach. He left everything behind, and so will you and me. The man in Jesus' story mistook time for eternity. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? And so the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Don't mistake time for eternity. This wealthy businessman farmer in Jesus' story assumed that he had many years to live before he would die, but he assumed wrong. I'm scheduled to pay my Visa credit card bill in about a week, but I may not be alive to make that electronic payment. We don't necessarily have lots of time left. Only God knows that. And the Bible makes this observation, friends. James 4, 13 and 14. Come now, you who say tomorrow or today we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. You ever boiled a kettle? Ever put a mirror on the steam of the kettle? Ever pulled the mirror away from the kettle's steam? 
That, how long the steam lasts on that mirror is about what our average lifespan is like. We don't know how long we're going to live. Three of my friends in Canada died without being sick a day in their lives under the age of 20. Three. Are you prepared to die? English was. Heaven is a prepared place, but only for a prepared people. Please, please don't mistake time for eternity. Time is very short. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. Now let me close this message by drawing your attention um, to the bad news of the Bible and the good news of the Bible. The Bible has a storyline like any book. God's book has a storyline, bad news and good news. The bad news is about us. The good news is about God. Let's get the bad news out of the way first. The bad news of the Bible, friends, is that we all have sinned. If you don't think you've sinned, I don't know where your reality is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. You know what it's like? If we went outside with a rock in our hands, each of us, and the contest was to throw the rock from Collins Avenue, Nassau, to Miami. None of us would hit Miami. It's too far away. None of us lives to God's glory. We fall short. Some of you would outthrow me because you're young and strong and you're athletic. I might outthrow other people who are aged and have a bum shoulder, but none of us can throw a rock from Collins Avenue to Miami. It's too far away. None of us can live perfect. We all have sinned. That's bad news. But the bad news gets worse because God says we earn a paycheck, a wage, a salary, an hourly rate for falling short of him. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. My first job was in the mailroom of a corporation in Canada. I was 16 years old. I didn't know anything except I got this job in this mailroom. And I, every two weeks, they handed me a paycheck. And you know, I never said, thanks for the favor of the paycheck. I'd earned it. I had earned my paycheck in that mailroom job. God says we earn a wage for not being perfect sinners. And the wage that we earn is death. Death in the scriptures is separation. God says when we fall short of his glory, as we all do, we earn the paycheck of being separated from God forever in a literal place the Bible calls hell. That's bad news. If that was the bad news of the Bible, if that's all the Bible had, what hope would there be for any of us? There'd be no hope. All have sinned. We earn a paycheck being separated from God by our sin. That's the bad news of the Bible. It's all about you all and me. But the good news of the Bible is all about God. And the good news of the Bible is that God loves sinners. And he's proven it. God loves sinners. Romans 5.8, but God has shown his own love toward us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait for us to clean up our act, to walk an aisle in a fancy church. God came to us when we were blowing it, falling short of his glory, and proved his love for us by letting his only son die in our places to pay for our sin. I have one son. He's going to be 18 next week. He's bigger than me. Much bigger than me. No matter who you are today, I'm sorry to admit, I would not let my son die for any of you. Sorry. But God had only one son named Jesus, and he let Jesus die for all of us. What love. 
We're all sinners, the rock to Miami. We all earn a paycheck of being separated from God. My job is in the mailroom. God has proven his love for sinners. If you had cancer, if you had cancer, and there was a medical procedure to carve all the cancer out of your body, but it couldn't just be thrown away. In this illustration, the cancer couldn't just be thrown away. Let's say there was a way to take all the cancer out of you, and it had to go into somebody else. If I love you a lot, I would say to the doctor, you take all the cancer out of him, and you can put it into me. That would mean that you would live and I would die. Jesus had no sin, but God put all of the cancer of sin from you onto Jesus so that he would die for you to pay for your sin. That is good news. But just like the bad news got worse, the good news gets better. Good news about God. Not only does God love sinners and proven it by sending his son to the cross, the other thing about God's good news is that you can receive forgiveness and heaven as gifts. You can't earn them. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation and forgiveness in heaven are the gifts of God. Why? Not of works so that no one will boast. There will be no boasting in heaven. No one would walk in the gold streets like this and pass someone else like me, and he asked me, how did you get to heaven? I said, I was a filthy sinner, reprobate rebel, and I don't deserve heaven, but Jesus died in my place, and I clung on to him by faith, and I'm here as a gift. No one will say, oh, oh I was a pastor. I had perfect attendance in Sunday school. I gave money to the folks on the street at the red lights. No one will say that. Those things aren't wrong, but they won't get you to heaven. You can't earn heaven. It's a gift. We all fall short. We're sinners, the rock to Miami. We earn a paycheck for falling short, being separated from God forever in hell. My mailroom jobs check. God has proven his love for sinners by sending his only son to die in our place, cancer. And the illustration that you can receive God's gifts by faith is what you're sitting on, the pew. I don't see any of you out there seated on the pew going like this. Will it hold me? You're all relaxed. You have confidence in the pew to hold your weight. People who put their full trust onto the finished work of Christ, they are given the gifts of forgiveness in heaven. Ever received those gifts? I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you if you joined a church. I'm not asking you if you're better than your neighbor. I'm not asking you any of that. I'm asking you, have you received forgiveness and heaven as a gift of grace? By transferring your trust to the finished work of Jesus Christ for you. If you haven't transferred your trust to Christ, you are not prepared to go to heaven as English was. You're not. But you could be prepared. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Close our eyes. No looking around. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I've heard this before, but I've never done anything about it. Or maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I've never heard this before. I thought religion was the way to heaven. But either way, 
Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I need Christ. I need the gift of forgiveness. I need the gift of heaven. I need Christ. Let me help you transfer your trust to Christ right where you sit. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or raise your hand even, but right where you sit, if you want to make this your prayer to God, then I invite you to repeat this out loud in a quiet voice. This is not a magic prayer. This is talking to God, and if I say something to God you know you need to say and want to say, you repeat it just quietly under your breath. God, I have messed up and sinned. I've separated myself from you due to my rebellion. Thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to die. I don't deserve your love, but I accept it. Right now, I trust Christ and only Christ to make me right with you, Father. I believe that Jesus died in my place, and I believe that, Father, you raised him from the dead. And I trust him and only him to make me right with you, Father. Thank you for making me new starting this instant. Help me to fall in love with Jesus more and more as I live. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause, stranger, as you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I, as I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Apostle Lawrence Penn is going to close our time in prayer. Amen. As I come to pray for the family, before I pray for the family, I want to give God thanks for this great man, English Penn, who lies before us this morning. I married his daughter, Paulette Dean, and I met him twice. The first time I met him was by his boat. On the boat, we went down there to look for him, and we talk, and always a hard-working man. Always a hard-working man. And he gave us some fish. Make sure give us some fish. Hard-working man. Humble man. Always smiling. Always happy. And he loved his family, he loved his children. And the last time I met him again was when we came last two months in the last for Christmas for the holiday. We heard that he was in the hospital. And so we just rushed up there. I think I was the first man, along with my beautiful mother-in-law, Press Cola. So she look wonderful because she live, she serve faithfully. She ain't got to cry. So she look. We do what is right, and she done what is right. And I, I thank God for her. But went to the hospital 
And while she is at his bedside, two of them were at his bedside. They had to leave to go someplace. And they asked me to come in the room with mother. Went in the room, and they had him strapped down. And he just saying, why do you want to lose me? You know, and I just said, we're going to pray. And we pray for this great man. Smile was always on his face. All through his pain, he was smiling. Everything he do, he was smiling. And I want to say today, family, don't judge. Don't judge. This man live a good life. And at the end, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Give God praise for that. That's enough. Give God praise for He's a good man. You all look so sad, man. He's a good man. This is a happy man. And I thank God to be a part of the family. I know many of you, but a part of the family. And I, I, I know what I'm saying. I went to the funeral home yesterday. Man, look at his face. All you see is joy and smile. Peace and comfort. I say peace and comfort. He don't like problem. This is a loving man. And so I, I pray as I pray for you all this morning that you all continue to be in love. Continue to be in love and love one another. That's what you want. Love one another. And everything can be uh, just all right. Let's bow our heads as, we, as I pray for the family. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for Mr. Penn's life for 79 years. You allowed him to live on this earth 79 years. And we just come, God, to celebrate his life. Because, God, we thank you for keeping this man for 79 years among his children and his wife and his family. And Lord, this morning we ask your blessing upon this family. We ask your blessing upon his children. And God, this morning, if we join in, in the summons this morning, because they all give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. And so this morning, God, we just say thank you for a man, Lord, who saved. A man who loved his wife, a man who loved his children, a man, God, who made sure that bread was in his family life. I ask you, God, this morning to remember the children, Lord, that they will know he may be absent from this body, but, Lord, he is present with the Lord. And so, Lord, right now with hope, we come this morning with hope that one day we will see him again in the glory land. And so, Lord, right now, I release your blessing. I release your presence. And, oh, God, this morning, I just hear you say this morning, if he could open his mouth, he would say, it is well with my soul. When peace like a river, and I tell him my way, when sorrow like sea, pillars roll, whatever a man may say, I can hear him say, tell the family it is right. It's all right now. Great God for Zion. He says, all right now. I am in my father's care. 
And so, Lord, this morning, as we leave this place, not with hope, but with hope this morning, we'll know that we prove faithful and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. We know, God, that one day we will see him. I pray the blessing this morning upon the grandchildren. Lord, the niece, the aunties, all those that came from everywhere this morning. I pray this morning, God, whatever we are going through, Lord, let me lose everything this morning and give you glory. My God, give God some glory. Because this man lived a good life, Father. And so God, we say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your blessing, God. Thank you how he provided the food for us. Thank you for the fish that he blessed many of you with. Thank you for the money that he gave to you. Thank you how he helped many of you. God, we just come by to say thank you. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we leave this place and walk off those doors, I believe this morning, God, that you will say to the family, that God has loved this man. Bless his wife. Press call of God. Oh God. Lord, bless her this morning. We take you, God. She, she never leave her husband. Where God from faithful, dedicated, woman of, of dignity, God, of respect. Oh God, this morning, give her strength that she will know God. God has let us see that at the last end she was by her, his, her husband bedside holding her husband's hand. Not just holding his hand. I was there. Amen. And she was saying a prayer over him. My God, she helped this man to know God. And so God, thank you for his wife and bless her now. And we ask your blessing this morning to be upon this family. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Now give God one more praise for his life. Clap your hand like you know it's all right now. I'm in my father's care. Amen. If today you have placed your yeah. trust in Jesus Christ for the very first time, uh, Pastor... Elliot would be pleased to meet with you at the front of the church and get your name and everything. And we, we would like to uh, give you some material to help you grow in your newfound uh, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you would go on from strength to strength uh, serving the Lord. Um, as we uh, come to the end of the service now, we invite everybody to please stand as we sing our recessional uh, song it is finished and we're going to sing all three of the verses uh, back to back and then we'll uh, end with the chorus and we'll sing that chorus twice all right so let's stand together as we sing
two on one side watch the Thank you.